bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Mean, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Mr. Brian Brushwood. No, hoy, sir. And Bryce Castillo. Thank you. For inviting me, inviting me, inviting me back onto the show. Y'all ready to Bryce? So we had a lot of drama in space last week. Go on. Uh, I don't know if you followed this. So uh, good news is uh, Russia sent up a new module for the space station. Oh, um, I only barely heard and, about this. Well, it was. Uh, listen, Russian hardware is like amazing and it's been working for over half of a century and it's incredible. But uh, first problem was, is they sent this, they sent the the, the module up. And they weren't sure if it was going to be able to make the right, via NACA, they weren't sure if it was going to make the right orbit because there was some problem with, like, there was, like, a bladder system for, like, the, like, there wasn't, there was too much pressure on a thruster. And so they weren't sure if this thing was going to be able to raise its orbit high enough to get to the ISS. So that was the first bit of drama with the NACA was, like, this thing may not make orbit and it may have to be, you know, come back, which would be bad for everybody because this is, you know, important part of the ISS. Uh, you know, they're replacing another module, and this is sort of critical. So that was the first big, oh, what's going to happen? Well, finally, they're able to solve the problem, and the NACA was able to get up to the ISS, was about to go do the docking. They're worried at the last moment that it wasn't about to do, like, a docking lock, and they're about to take over because they're afraid. Finally, it took over, and the docking system worked, and it mated with the, the space station, which was fine. Uh, and and, and I, then, be- I, I believe we have some archival footage of uh the spokesperson for uh russian rockets <clears throat> at this point already uh sergey <laughs> not everything has gone great up to this point uh would you like to comment on the fact that it, your rocket barely made it to orbit and 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 you weren't sure if you were able to make it to docking procedures uh things uh, are, are going uh, as the americans say uh Sight? <laughs> sight? Uh, sight, yeah. Sight? You know, sight. So, wait, do you mean psych? No, no. You mean sight? Like it's uh Oh, it's all right. Sight. Sight. Okay, okay. Thank you, Sergey. But, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, more uh, coming in uh, uh, each moment. Okay, okay. okay. Th- th- thank you, Sergey. Sorry. Uh, uh, back to you, Andrew, uh, 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 on the story of, of this vessel. So, uh... It goes and uh, finally it docks. We're like, yay, it's docked. Problem solved. Yeah, that's good. Then one of the effing thrusters starts to go off. And it starts to spin the ISS. Yes, yes. And the official like, oh, it's a a little bit. Everything's fine. Nobody's in danger. I have, I'm going to send, I'm going to send Bryce here. The, they went and recreated to see what was going on. Um, And basically, a thruster started firing, and so the other thrusters on the ISS started firing to counteract that, and they tried to basically 
solve this problem where all of a sudden, you know, they have these other thruster systems that go off. So I just sent Bryce. There's a, there's, so this uh, thing, yeah, you know, docks, you know, got this a... is a, not problem with strong Russian rocket, <laughs> uh, strong, strong module get to uh, I, ISS station <laughs> and, uh, yes, okay. you know, then very weak me, yeah, ISS, other countries together, yeah, yeah. strong Russian rocket, too strong for, for small puny ISS station. It spins as much as it need to spin. What's his problem? Uh, 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 much like the... Uh, uh, <laughs> Okay, all right, never mind. Uh, so minute uh, twenty. Old Russian proverbs: "Is spin you right round, baby, you right round." <laughs> like a record, I sent, baby. I sent right Bryce round. a video. Yeah, that's right, right there. This oh. is Scott Manley. He did a reconstruction. They looked at the telemetry data to see what's going on. So he made recreated it in Blender, and we're about to see what happened once the thing was docked. And uh, so you're everything's normal. We're cruising on it. The, the space station has to travel backwards for the docking. You're docking. We're floating in our space station. Everything's super chill and cool, right? Super chill and cool. I mean, it's very yeah. cold in space. Uh, Russian space dude, congratulations. Great. We were worried there. We, we thought there'd be a problem. And uh, I'm glad everything's fine now. Um, uh, wait, wait. Sorry. What's what's happening now? <laughs> oh, my God. See the thing on the screen? Good Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> So that, that thing was, is just holy crap. That was over a span of an hour, but that was uh It's like a lathe. It's, to, it's spinning around. It's not supposed to do that. Is that uh, NASA's uh, like everything's so, fine. Nobody was in danger. Everything's fine. I mean, uh, uh you're welcome for the artificial gravity that you experienced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh just uh one of the many bonuses of working with uh of uh, uh Space Russia. Sergey uh, yes. Do you, do you want to explain what happened? Well, you know, as as you see on the uh, uh, recreation on YouTube, mm. you know they have a uh, 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 spin to make sure that everybody is prepared. Uh, <laughs> Russian module very prepared. Uh, the rest uh, not so much. So get better next time. Good job, team. <laughs> okay. So, so you're saying the purpose of the spin was to prepare everybody. Uh, you know, in in Russia, you have to have um, surprise <laughs> to to get prepared. Life yes. is not. Uh, you have to have a surprise to be prepared Brian. for the uh, next surprise. Yes, you need to have you need to have a little spook in small children in bed. Bah! Jump up, scale. <laughs> you, know, you have to have. You have to have because if it, otherwise, soft baby men. You know, on watching anime and uh, commenting on TikTok. So, so, so you're saying you did a favor to everybody in the international. This is space. regular Russian thing. This is not different than any other. You are at work. Somebody has cake for birthday. Bah! They throw cake in the air. You get yes. fired because I, if you do I'm not get cake. This is how they. This is how they trained Yuri Gagarin, I'm pretty sure. This, this is how did. we do, yeah. Why do they fire you if you drop a birthday cake? Because if you do that, then the whole world's have cake. <laughs> you, just, you need to keep study with cake. Clean it up. Ah! Oh, oh, my cake. cake, damn it. Get out. You okay, go. go. You live forever. <laughs> this, this cake breaks chairs. Ah. <laughs> Aww. Anyway, see you later, me, <laughs> Russian spokesman. So is I, the ISS doing good? I'm, I'm so glad it pushed through that bit. I'll see you later. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so, uh, has anything like this ever happened, Andrew? <laughs> Uh, outside of a Michael Bay movie, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, like I believe, I believe that was literally part of the plot of Armageddon. Is you that they went up to mirror and they spun it <laughs> sideways, and somehow gravity happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I love that movie. That was one of my favorite scenes too. Well, so, so just... where where does this like? And 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 uh, pardon me for for being kind of elementary on this, but. Uh, we had China launch a rocket and they didn't know if it was going to like where, where the remains of it were going to fall into uh, uh, the atmosphere. Russia launches a module and it flips the ISS because the booster doesn't work. Uh, obviously we talk a lot about space travel from American companies and NASA here on this podcast, but is there a real gulf that we're kind of seeing in, in terms of, of, a where where NASA is, where the benefit of our private space and rocket uh, uh, companies are compared to Russia and China, which have been, uh, uh, you know, pioneers and and titans in their own right when it comes to space exploration. Uh, but before Andrew responds, because I think both of us hold him up as uh, yeah. the mm -hmm. the goldest standard yeah. of of knowing more than us. Um, my guess would be that um, in any situation where you have very few data points it's easy to pick what looks like a trend of, of one being the good space agency and one being the bad one or whatever. Uh, 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 so, so I guess, I guess to elaborate on Justin's questions, Andrew, in, in the opinion of, of, of us, by which I mean you, uh, uh, do, do you think that this is an artifact of there not just being very many launches or, or is America number one? <laughs> like basically. Um, I mean, the, the the Russian history. I mean, China's new at this, and most of the China stuff is based on like Russian stuff. So Russia's got a great history of this. And like I said at the beginning, it's like they've got hardware that's fifty years old that works wonderfully well, is extremely well tested, and their engineers and scientists are you know the best in the world. They're just rank among our best resources. It comes you know China's new, so China you know China finally had their successful Mars lander, the first the second yeah. nation to ever put a working probe on Mars, which kudos to them for being able to do that. Uh China's built a couple space stations. They're built on like 40-year-old Russian designs though, which is crazy when you look at like you see this thing that was originally designed to be a missile system that's now a Chinese space station or is it? Uh Russia resources they they just the money they don't have the same amount of money to work with to do this stuff they don't have you know the ability to basically do the same thing that we do they're they're very underfunded it's still a state space agency and even with our system of contractors and things like that is you know often you know one of the criticisms we have of our big space companies prior to spacex is like they don't take enough risks yeah. well you should you take risks when people aren't involved that's the goal yeah but i would say that I think it comes down to one, the system, two, the money systems. If someone makes a bad decision, you're stuck with it. They made a lot of really good decisions early on that still benefit them, but later on, yeah, know, and, problematic. And, and, and you know, uh, somebody here in the chat was like, "Cue the 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 supercut of all these SpaceX rockets blowing up uh, on on the launch pad." Yes, a few key points to that. Number one, they were on the launch pad, and many of them right. were in you know their their test facility in in Boca Chica. That's where you want rockets exploding. Number two, that's a a 
a fringe element of a government run space program. Like, like that is, that is a, a private thing that is happening on the periphery of it. Uh, uh, and so I, I, I do think it's fascinating to kind of see where space, you know, a government run space travel is going to be over the next, you know, 20, 30 years as, uh, you know, China is certainly, uh, making strides and, and maybe it is Russia just, you know, at least in, in the current situation that they're in right now, that they don't, they don't quite have the fuel to sort of compete metaphorically. And it is worth noting that in the early days of any journey to space, um, I don't want to say uh, like like everybody deserves a free pass or whatever, but but it it is unsurprising to have problems happen. Yeah. Whereas like Russia has always had one thing really going for it, which is uh, the stability of their their program and and the reliability and the track record and and as we've talked about, friend of the show Richard Garriott said that you know uh, in his heart of hearts he was happy that he went up in a Soyuz rocket and not in a, uh, a space shuttle because the space shuttle had a one in a hundred chance of blowing up. Uh, whereas the Soyuz rocket had a, a very, very, very good track record. So, so it puts me in the weird psychological position of questioning whether or not I should be more upset or less upset that something quirky like this would happen. Like, yeah. like on the one hand, uh, on the one hand, uh, Russia truly does because they rely on on tried and true methods. Uh, has a very very good track record, but also that makes me want to be more upset that they would have such an egregious mistake. Uh, you know, like rocket just turning on randomly. Well, as I said before, like if it's if it was stuff that was developed during the Cold War, it seems to be pretty solid and dependable. It seems to be some of the newer stuff and the new designs. And my 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 very very uh, unexpertise opinion. There are people who have just followed this more who have probably a better opinion and can describe it. That that's my assessment. Is it looks like the stuff that came out of the Cold War they developed over years those engines whatever which had you know, only like two accidents compared to the number of launches they've done. Um, it's the new stuff and again it's the underfunding it's the thing that like they're trying to make do with what they can and i think that's sort of the problem it's like their their engineers and their research their scientists are they're amazing i mean they help yeah. pioneer you know the us and the russians were the pioneers of the space age and what even in the cold war what they're able to do with a lot of limited resources was incredible you know so yeah. uh i i think that the problem is like if you get a chance, you know, the the, the uh, Ashley Vance biography, Elon Musk is good, and Eric Berger's book, Liftoff, is good, because you get, in the Ashley Vance, I think they get a little bit more into the whole story when Re Elon went to Russia to try to buy a missile to be able to launch his little greenhouse to Mars, and the players involved in Russian space, the 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 corruption, the shadiness, all of this uh you know rocket engines that we've been using for american launches like i think it was the r25s or whatever these were found in a warehouse that no they just opened up some soviet era warehouse and found all these rocket engines that were just wow. sitting there wow and that's the official story you wanted the unofficial stories who put them there who made you know how what what was going on and so yeah. i'm amazed they're able to get anything done to be honest with you hmm yeah so. Well, uh, I'm amazed that people keep contributing to this podcast, uh, not because it's not worthwhile, but because 
Uh, I am very dumb. Uh, so please head on over to patreon.com slash weird things and uh, continue to give us money. Every single cent that happens I'm sorry, uh, Justin, blows me uh, out of the water. Uh, uh, right now, we're getting a live phone call right now from Sergey from Russia uh, who wanted to chime in on, on, on people contributing to our Patreon. In the um, American system, they have uh, no arts uh, funding. Uh, pathetic. And uh, uh, you have uh, proletariat feed other proletariat in uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash weird things. Keep uh, Sergey as, as character and as human alive. <laughs> uh, uh, continuing to deliver uh, Russian state uh, space news and uh, comedic notes and uh, uh, go there now <laughs> patreon.com slash weird things uh, uh, dollar uh, or or more uh, uh, I mean, maybe many rubles you are really uh, peeling it off you are a big shot uh, <laughs> good job for you uh, patreon.com slash weird things so uh, we had some comments about uh, indirectly about Jeff Bezos's rocket <laughs> and yeah it's shape right well I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out there i'm gonna be controversial okay um it'd be like ah oh, this guy spent a lot of money to go in space and stuff and all that and like and he got me a billboard so everybody shut up <laughs> um <laughs> let's let's, let's but, also but, point but, out but, that but, andrew's but, andrew's book had a Times square billboard uh, uh a, a couple weeks ago uh, 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 can we, can we take just just a short 90 second sojourn and just talk about our complicated feelings about all of this because it's like we're happy there's a space race we at various times are cheering for different people and at various times we talk about who's winning and who's losing in our opinions or whatever but also like ultimately we just love that a lot of people are going to space oh uh, yeah and yeah. i i, I I'm gonna I'm gonna defend the whole the blue origin thing like this because they're like ah oh, this billion like any one of you and I mean anybody listening we gave you a billion dollars tell me you're not gonna go out and do some stupid crazy stuff yeah, yeah. I mean you know who who among us oh no if I had this I would do what I had charities he's done all that environmental he's done all that stuff. Guy wants to go to space. Yeah. Let him go to space. Let him do this. Uh, hey, I mean, we, what, you want him to stop at keeping the expanse alive? <laughs> like, yeah. no, let's actually go to space. Yeah. Um, he brought, like, you know, this woman, she's the oldest woman person to ever go into space now. Made that possible for her. And she could, I feel like she could beat all of us in arm wrestling, too. Yeah, no, she is, she is uh, uh, sturdy. Uh, I, I will say, and all and all the 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 stuff that I saw, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I, I I guess certainly people who who have a larger worldview, you know, who who are are looking at this as a, a reflection of of you know a, an economic system. If it is if it is a a a, a a a shameful moment for capitalism, I guess you can read into that whatever you want, but. Uh, ultimately, is it? I, I if if that's what you want to do. I mean, I'm saying, yeah. like, if you want to take if you want to take these uh, uh these pieces of data and and tell the story you want to tell, then 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 you can do that. Nobody can stop you. It's your own brain. But like, uh, the uh the long meta view of history, I think, points to people doing scientifically 
uh, uh, fascinating and groundbreaking things and and rewards them. Like we we are always going to be biased toward the doers, and Jeff Bezos uh, uh, putting his own life on the line and his brother and the oldest woman who is going to go to space. Because, Wally Funk and uh, his and his money and his money. Yeah. Like 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 to to do that, I think is something that will be looked at and and rewarded. Now. Uh, the, the the stuff on top of that of like okay what about what is space tourism and uh you know how does that re- reflect in terms of how somebody who's very very rich would spend their money to do it like yeah, i think in general we've probably been cooler on on the concept of space tourism in comparison to something like what uh, a spacex is doing in terms of actually using their rockets for payloads and and stuff like that but uh in addition to it like, I don't know. I think more rockets is cooler. I, I think I think that this this is something that that the more we fill that out, uh, if you care about space and space travel, then it does matter. And let's let's also remember that we're, I mean, are are we are we uh are we ten years away from we stopped dreaming? Well, when and, when, and, when, when when was when was we stopped dreaming? Because oh, <laughs> I wanna I wanna know like like who, within who, within who was it that said that? I can't remember, uh, but uh, uh, if, if we were, you know, if we're less than 10 years away from we stopped dreaming, now we're at stop dreaming Please so stop ostentatiously. Dreaming. Right. So, so, so they're, they're sort I believe of, that was 2012. Oh my God, we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary of oh, we stopped dreaming. dreaming. Oh, my oh, that'll be a tasty day on Twitter. Um, there are sort of two tracks. Um, functionally, what we just saw uh, Blue Origin accomplish was the type of thing that was front page headlines and a national celebration a scant 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I cannot distinguish between the two. Um, However, comedically, uh, I am so sorry. I am somebody who uses Amazon. I love the convenience of it. I think that as far as uh, distribution and uh, 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 as an entrepreneur and all these things, there's all these things to love about it. However... You could not comedically lay out a grander buffet than, and now that money gets launched into space. Now, ultimately, I do understand this is his money to spend however he wants. And yes, following in the footsteps 50 years later of John Glenn is a worthy way to spend uh, 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 your money. And I'd Alan rather Shepherd. you do that. Uh, oh, yeah, Alan Shepard. Shepard. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Glenn orbited. Ooh, sorry. What a faux pas. Nobody uh, <laughs> cares. <laughs> I'm like, I even say it because it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, I'll just say it to annoy him. Uh, no, but, 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 but you, you get what I'm saying. Technically, you're Garen. You're Garen. You get. Uh, actually, uh, 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 wait. What was the dog's name? Uh, uh, Leica. Yeah, Leica. Leica. Yeah. He just uh, left actually, that dog up there. A Nazi B2 rocket. A Nazi B2. Nazis did it. Yeah. Nazis did it. <laughs> but, but, but you see what I'm saying? Where it's like it's so peculiar that it's functionally indistinguishable from what is generally regarded as one of the greatest achievements of the 20th century. And yet, um, uh, you know, everybody wants to tell somebody else how to spend their money or whatever. And also I'm conflicted because it's, it's a very easy, cheap, funny pop to talk about. Uh, I got all your book money and I'm going to launch it into space. It's, uh, it's too good. I, I, I do think that I, it should be said for, for the record that, uh, it is a very online thing to criticize Jeff Bezos and Amazon and to cast a very negative light on Jeff Bezos and Amazon. 
You can believe it if you want, but if you look at the polling, Amazon is not only one of the most revered and positive, people think more positively about it company-wise, but in terms of institutions, up to and including like the U.S. military and stuff like that, Amazon is looked at incredibly favorably. It's like in like the top two or three revered institutions in America. Uh, now, part of that is probably because it revealed itself to be an indispensable, you know, like uh, a, a, a part of people living through the pandemic. Right. Uh, but Amazon is is uh, uh, very much revered and Jeff Bezos is the most visible visible person uh, there. Also, it makes it even more funny that we're all to some degree by virtue of right now live streaming on Twitch being paid. I mean, you know, there's some amount of of, of ultimate punching up that we all get to do. Oh, uh, let me it's, also it's let me so also, hard. Let, let, to, let me also <laughs> declare that my house was bought with Amazon stock. So uh, there's there's also there is also that. Let me also just just uh, reveal myself to be a total Amazon shell. Right. By the way, Amazon has a fine selection of books and other materials you may like. And so, I, I mean, again, uh, I, I think that's why we're all tempted to make make jokes, right? Is is because uh, uh, because he's literally all of our bosses. <laughs> Like all of us get paid. Well, and what's he gonna do? No, yeah. What's he gonna do? Yeah, fight me. I can call him. I can fight me. Come on. Fight me. Jeff Bezos, come on. Don't shut up. He doesn't mean it. Yeah. Let's go. It. I'll take your ball ass any day. Let's go. No, he's kidding. He's kidding. It's a beautiful head. Uh, so, uh, fun fact. Uh, so, the first man made object in space, as we pointed out, was a V2 rocket. Okay. Um, it was MW eighteen zero one four, which was that was that a Werner von Braun? Oh yeah, yeah. It would have been one of his. Uh, and uh, it's it's interesting. It's like that's the thing that the one thing we don't talk about was uh, you know the Nazis in space <laughs> and the fact that they were first uh, and then their early space hardware was all built off of V two rockets like our first actual ones were. Just we took V2s and redid it. And it's in it go, well, the Nazis are horrible. Like, yes, so was the Soviet Empire. Well, and and, and also, I don't know, maybe uh, um not not to get too deep into the weeds, but it's like, okay, yeah, they uh, uh, uh after World War II, America collected like Pokemon, all of the Nazis, and put them to work to create our space program. Um and and Yes, there are a million legitimate reasons to feel very gross about that or whatever. But the counterfactual I, I, I want to contemplate for just, just a few seconds is, uh, what was the better alternative? Uh, that, 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 that we send them somewhere else or say... Oh, that you... the Soviet Union get all of them? Yeah, right? Or, yeah, or, or yeah. that it's like, you stop using your powers for good... <laughs> you know, or 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 whatever. You know, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, I I think anybody who who wants to seriously go back and relitigate that element of history is is kind of kind of being a silly goose. Yeah, but also, but also, there's some number Welcome of people, and 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 I I yeah. I, th I think it's I think it's important for us to remember that some number of our audience is hearing this fact for the very first time. Oh, sure. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, oh, in absolutely. that regard, yeah. it's like, uh, like, like, think about it. Like, well, what else would you like to have had happen with yeah. with these and, minds? And those of you that want context, the the problem was is it <laughs> one the Nazis, uh, two their V two rocket program towards the end of it, they were using slave labor. Like they built they when we kept bombing 
their rocket, you know, co- you know, construction sites, they eventually moved construction into a mountain and they found nearby that there was a slave camp that was being used. Those people were being used. Many people, thousands, more people died building those rockets than they ever actually killed when they dropped down on England, which is one of the just great tragedies. Werner von Braun, who had been in charge of the program, you know, it's a complicated story. His legacy there certainly there's asterisks there, but what he was able to bring to the United States space program was phenomenal. You know, there's the Disney program, Man in Space, I think is the first one, which is now available on Disney+. Plus. You get a w- listen to him talk about this. And, and his point of view is he says he didn't understand. There really, he didn't have a choice. You know, it was either cooperate or be arrested and watch his family be put, t- taken away. And the veracity of that, I don't know, but I wouldn't put anything past the Germans and stuff. And later on, he was a very, very dedicated, very loyal American and did a lot to advance our space program. Yeah, that's one of those things where real quick, I realize, uh, like, uh, the phrase that keeps rattling around in my brain is above my pay grade, above my pay grade, above my pay grade. But but I, I know this much, it's like all things being equal. I'm thankful for the expertise that uh, that led to, you know, GPS systems and and, and where we yeah. are today with satellites. Yeah, and I, I have people who are bothered, upset. I, I can't argue and say no. You know, you're you're wrong to be angered by the yeah. fact that people who were part of the worst, one of the worst war machines ever on our planet, you know, went on to, you know, do other stuff. Like I, it's a, it's complicated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. uh, uh, Wolf Glenn ninety nine in the chat says it sounds like Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, it is. That because is that it was literally, literally based what Doctor Strangelove is, yeah. is is parodying. Yeah, Project, Project Paperclip. Yeah. Because there was a rule we weren't allowed to bring in like certain like high ranking people who collaborated with the Nazis in the United States. And then Project Paperclip was we just redacted, said they weren't, they weren't, they weren't, they were. It was just this like, but we, we, the fear was, the legit fear was if we didn't bring them into the United States and we left them in Germany when, and we left them particularly in East Germany, what would have happened was uh, they probably would have ended up. They would have many of them did end up in the Soviet, you know, right. Soviet Union. They they and would end would up were. as uh, very valuable uh, assets under duress uh, for for a, a dictatorial uh, yeah. regime. And if the if the Soviets had gotten the ICBMs before, inter, you know, intercontinental you know ballistic missiles before we did, th- we could have been looking at a very different twentieth century, very very different, because there was a strategic advantage to the idea of being able to launch from so far away, et cetera, and so. Uh, and and uh, this this is all uh, as as most of us are olds on on the podcast. Um, uh, for anybody under thirty, uh, like uh, for example, a Cuban Missile Crisis was such a big deal, specifically because, boy, what a what a privileged uh, uh, defensive stance America has enjoyed since its inception, with an ocean on each side and friendly neighbors to the north and south. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, you know, absent the ability to launch a missile that goes into space and lands on the other side of the planet, uh, we really didn't have much to worry about until they started moving missiles, oh, 40 miles off the coast of Florida. Yeah. And then then develop of the submarines, you know, the, the submarines with nuclear warheads. Right, that, just... that, that, that could sit there sneakily, like a, a scant 30 miles from uh, the White House at, yeah. at all times. Yeah. 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 And that is, it is, and it's interesting to think about too, is that our subs are out there, their subs are out there, the Chinese subs are, and it's a very common thing. You talk to people in the Navy or the Coast Guard and stuff, and they'll be like, oh yeah, no, there's right out there, you know, we spotted this there. So there, cause they, they do regular patrols along our coastlines. We do the same. It's there's the state of how 
we have the act number of nuclear submarines out there right now, the number of aircraft up there, the constant state of readiness that's pervaded for 70 years is terrifying and fascinating. It's uh, uh, depending on where you are in, in your faith in humanity and your politics, um, it's, it's both terrifying and in a weird way reassuring because it's sort of, um, it's one of those things where it's like there are eyes everywhere and it's increasingly hard to be a bad faith actor, uh, uh, both in private business and, yeah, because in private business nowadays, um, you know, you, you have reputation scores that follow you. And I'm not even talking about like the Chinese state mandated ones. I'm talking about like your, your, your Yelps or your usernames or how long you've been tweeting or whatever. Um, uh, that also exists with uh, countries reputationally. And I, I find myself, I, I go back and forth between being terrified and being um, comforted by by the 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 persistent Mexican standoff that uh, uh, are we allowed to say that by the way is that still a thing Mexican standoff everyone's got guns people on each other. putting guns at each yeah, other yeah that's still a Mexican standoff right it's not I mean, just regular uh, standoff I'd, are should are I say the word Mexican again too? are we gonna take that from them too yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair it's enough. a new Mexican it's a, standoff. It's a Texican standoff. Albuquerque, based now. in Albuquerque. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, and it's interesting about Cold War hardware is the B-52. If you look at the service history of the B-52, the first flight was 1952, and yet wow. we're still flying them today. Wow. And, like, ones that were built, like, 50, we have 50-year-old hardware that we're still using. Like, insane. Uh. That, that's one of those things that I think, number one, is truly extraordinary, but also sounds more extraordinary until you think about, like, uh, the shape of a boat that is 2,000 years old and still works today. You know, it's, it's like there are some fundamental truths of, 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 of engineering that persist, you know, like a, a door is even older than that. Um, yeah. uh, not, not to take away from any of that, but, but no, I mean, if we were, if you were using the same boat, it would be impressive. And we're using the same B 52s correct. 50 years old. Yes, yes, yes. And, 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 uh, I, I believe Southwest airlines got started when they started buying like really old 1960s, 737s and then refurbishing and, uh, uh, them. Uh, but I, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is, uh, uh, sometimes I have to remind myself that stuff that works tends to keep on working. Uh, and you know, and that acts that works today can work 50 years from now. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's when you, when you settle on a really good, does the thing it needs to do. I mean, it's just amazing to me because for something that complex, you know, is, you know, and, and we, and you brought this up before, like the Soviet, the Soyuz caps that, I don't think they reuse the capsules, but the design has worked really well. I just, I just sort of like get fascinated when I think about like, man, there are B-52s here that are like 50 years old. Well, and, and, and especially because it's, it's a technology that is, that we still find remarkable to this very day. And to, to know not only is the technology the same technology, but the, the hardware is the same hardware. Uh, it, 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 that, that paradox of being both amazed and also like, uh, as, as I was trying to portray, like stepping back and being all like, well, why wouldn't it work? And we're like, I don't know. Cause it's really old. It feels like it yeah. shouldn't work anymore. Yeah. You know, here's a, here's a fact for you, uh, from 
USO stories is the youngest B-52 still in active service are 58 years old. The youngest. Wow. Okay. That's a good, uh, uh, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that lands. And, uh, <laughs> sturdy ass planes. Sturdy yeah. ass planes. S-A-P. Sap. Sap. Yeah. Uh, you gentlemen want to do, uh, oh, I got one more news for you. Um, yes. How would you like to climb a mountain on a neutron star? Hold on. Uh, okay, number one, I'm assuming that we're not worried about gravity because I'm going to assume the gravity well is pretty deep on a neutron star because it's the last step bit, before, before a, a black hole. Um, part of me wants to be amazed that there would be anything physical to step on because when I think of a star, I think of gaseous clouds that are in a constant state of explosions on the inside being spread out with gravity pulling it back in but neutron stars being so dense i suppose it would be more like a gas giant writ large um so i guess yeah i you've already blown my mind with the concept of a mountain on a neutron star um where are you headed with the would i like to climb it well here's the deal so neutron stars are about 10 kilometers across right um Gravity's yeah, about a billion times stronger than Earth. Right. Uh, so just just that consideration there. There was a story. I'll lose weight. I, yeah, it was a story. You know, just just you know, little crossfit you were saying. Cut out the IPAs. Uh, uh, there is a story about life on a neutron star, and and I'm trying to remember what it was called. And it was very fascinating because somebody decided a science you know science writer science fiction writer decided to write, oh, Dragon's Egg. I think I have that. Dragon's Egg by Robert L. Ford um, and uh, was about life on a neutron star. And I think humans talking to it, which is interesting because he figured out like how to come up with the idea of like the biology, the chemistry, because you could have neutron chemistry, et cetera. And just, just, you know, uh, very, very interesting sort of point of view on stuff. So, so let, um, I, uh... I, I know you've already read it and I'm trying to intuit it as I think about it. And you could tell me uh, if I'm getting warmer or colder, but I would imagine uh, due to the gravity well that we're looking at almost two dimensional cells moving around. Um, and as far as the chemistry of what's possible in a neutron star, uh, I would imagine uh, here, here, here in our solar system, the, the, I don't know, the, there are three or four things that are closest to Earth. Uh, uh, you got Mars that has about the same size, but but uh, crappy atmosphere. You got uh, uh, Venus, which is uh, too much greenhouse. Um, you've got Europa, where we're hopeful that uh, the beneath the frozen ice in the waters uh, with thermal vents, maybe there's some uh, uh, chemosynthetic uh, life. Uh, but uh, But then you also have Titan, which is the only other uh, planet that we know of um, with, with weather that resembles... Moon, moon. Uh, oh, 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 wait, the moon has weather? No, no, Titan's a moon. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry. Not said, Thanos is Titan. Yeah. Correct, no, correct. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, sorry, uh, moon, of, moon of Jupiter. Uh, but, 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 but it's roughly Earth-ish shaped, but, but it, it has a methane 
uh, a weather system complete with rainstorms and, and snowfall and rivers and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's, uh, because it's all methane, it's a, it's a richer, um, uh, basis, but, but there, it's not unreasonable to picture, mm. you know, space fish up in there or whatever. It smell like, um, farts. so, so I, I guess what you're describing to me right now, uh, Andrew feels like, uh, I had to sit with the idea of Titan a bit before I could even really wrap my mind around the conception of what life might look like there. And now I have to take a much bigger leap from there to life on a neutron star. Where, where would the energy come from? Uh, I mean, you'd have you would have all sorts of radiative energy because of how densely packed. There's probably tremendous amounts of radiation. Yeah, yeah, compact, whatever. And so, uh, really, I mean, again, it's a neat book to read because again, trying to imagine how could you make something happen in that. And uh, by the way, uh, Robert L. Ford's son, Bob Ford, is actually was a writer for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and a lot of cool cartoons. Oh, that's awesome. So, just thought about it. So there was an article that came in there. So the disappointing news is I know you're excited for this hiking expedition on a neutron star. Mm-hmm. New models of neutron stars show that their tallest mountains may only be fractions of millimeters high. <laughs> I mean, where we thought they might be a couple of millimeters. Nope. Uh, where, fractions. Where? Where where we where? What's the point of the word mountain? Like, what are we talking about when we say mountain? Like, you know, I mean, so do yeah, I, the highest point. Uh, I, I, I don't I make a hey, don't make a molehill out of this mountain. Well, Jeff. yeah, because if if that's the case, then then my 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 teen years will were, were riddled with mountains on my forehead and cheeks. Uh, uh, it seems like that's a little bit of an overstatement. So, so somebody once told me, uh, imagine the most perfectly round uh, ball bearing or sphere or um, marble that you can conceive of. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And imagine all the best efforts to make that happen, uh, have happened. Yeah, it's perfectly smooth and round. Correct. In all of human history, there is one that had to have been the closest to perfect. Yeah. Europa is smoother and more perfect than that. Uh, uh, Europa, the moon of, of, of Jupiter that, you know, because yeah. it's water and, you know, whatever it's melting. And, yeah. and now keep in mind, Europa has these gigantic uh, ice shelves and all that stuff. It's still more perfectly round than the, the, the best manufactured ball bearing. So the idea of something massively larger than Europa and yet also so smooth <laughs> that, that we're talking about less than a millimeter wow. is is their biggest cliff that is that is fairly remarkable andrew uh, if, if i'm reading this correctly from what you've told me i you know what i'm gonna become a neutron star base jumper <laughs> <laughs> what, did, you like did you like that guys? i'll right. jump it here we go Wait, I'm, gonna, you... I'm gonna practice right now here we go ready and all right go for it did it let us know when you're ready to i did go. it i let did us... it wait no wait what Ah, I missed it. Hold now, on. Now, you have your wing sheet on? Brian, some of us might forth. say that that looks like a oh, one yeah. quarter of a squat. So, oh, whoa, uh, whoa. Yeah. He did it again. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. No, no, no. Ooh, I'm over practicing. Uh, don't sprain yourself. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it is a, it, it's one of these things too. It's like science, information that'll never come into use for anybody in <laughs> all time, but still cool. Yes. And you know what's wild is uh, we, we've been playing a fair bit of VR. On the on this podcast for a while, and uh, 
I, I, I forget sometime in the last couple of weeks, I joked that, you know, uh, the holodeck exists and we all have one in the form of the Oculus Quest or whatever. But it's like, that's a real thing we can do. We could take, we could take the models that we have of, of like, that's not a fake thing. Well, we get to experience what it's like to jump off a cliff on a neutron star yeah. and get a sense of just how fast you get pulled down and all that stuff. I, I think one of the things that sort of is disappointed in me is we're not seeing enough of that stuff. Cause I could see somebody making like a little Prince planet in VR and letting you try walking around it, which yeah. would be cool. Like a lot of it is still, you know, still, you know, for FPS sort of games and stuff. And I think that, and there has been some clever stuff out there, but I'd love to see more stuff playing around with, you could, you could make you, you could, in VR, you could make it experience what it's like to move around in four dimensions. You could do cool stuff. You could make a planet really small and walk around. I think there's so much opportunity there. Yeah. I think part of it is install base. And uh, I think I saw a, a statistic this morning or yesterday that said like, uh, uh, Oculus Quest is now 33% of all VR downloads on, on steam, which is its own kind of like representative, uh, of, market of just all uh, uh video game purchasing so it's like i i think the quest 2 and then whatever comes after the quest 2 is is going to be something that uh, uh continues to sort of just give the one place where if you want to make the cool thing that's where you put your money and resources to develop it because it's going to find the biggest audience i i saw a thread earlier today that that was similar to that that the the quest uh sales is from a, a game developer that quest sales were like 20 times all PC VR gaming, yeah. Yeah. right? Like yeah. it, it was, it was a big thread of a lot of like PC virtual reality is dead, long live standalone devices. Dead. I mean, and, and I think that it, as people who have walked down this path, uh, uh, it's obvious why, <laughs> you know, yeah. it just, it, uh, you know, self-contained, simple and, 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 uh, an Apple like aesthetic of like, don't attempt to do, that which we're not prepared to try well, to do it's like you know for i had my my brother and sister-in-law in town over the week and then yesterday i was you know the my my, my brother-in-law who's a big gamer and D D guy i was like oh you should try demio and it was like within seconds of of you know his wife coming back so they could watch the kids we were upstairs he had the thing on his head he spent more time figuring out how he could get the headset over his glasses than he did going from the boot up to in the game while I was watching him play on my phone and could help guide him. And he was playing with Brian on the, on, 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 on the quest. And so it's like, that's how fast it went from uh, a zero, zero to 60. And it's like, that's, you really can't, uh, uh, you, you cannot understate how much the the zero to 60 element well, and, and and not only that but i could tell that you were experiencing joy watching him get it whatever yeah. whatever getting it means you know like i experienced the joy of him getting it you know it's like he's like all right well then how do i oh oh yeah you know it's like it's like and then suddenly it's like it was intuitive uh okay let's uh let's let's see how many are in stock at best buy let's go I yeah mean, yeah it it's interesting how 
yeah, I, I think that, like, I really think like the the quest first and the quest two, they just knocked it out of the park. And, and people get people nitpick on things. It's it's a three hundred dollar device. There's yeah. a reason. There's not even a five hundred dollar competitor. There's I, just they. I mean, I, I I had a pretty good financial investment in my uh, 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 Vive, and uh, boy, was I have I not touched it since I got a quest two. <laughs> I think I, yeah. I think I put it, it in a bag like four months ago and the bag is still, I see the quest pop up and find new little spots, yep. but the, the vibe is, is not moving. Still in the bag. Still in the bag. And, it, and what makes it part of like, I explained like, if you can't, if somebody can't explain your book or your podcast in a sentence that makes somebody else go, oh, I'll check it out. The cool thing, like the quest reminded me of like that demo was like when I remember when Justin and I had our first iPhones and yeah. we were doing demos at Walmart. Oh, is that an iPhone? Oh, yeah. Let me show you. Da, da, da. And the quest isn't that easy, but it is. If you have friends over, you just bring it to the living room and people try it. And then you hear, oh, I want to get one. Of them. Yeah. Right. You know, where PC based stuff, if it's a console, it's easy. But if it's like, ah, oh, here, put this thing on your head, adjust this. Let me plug in the cables. Let me wire up, hook this up. Um there's something about getting that getting rid of friction just increases, you know, yeah. how something will spread. But I think it's like it's numbers uh, when, when we talk about you know uh, more polished games. When we talk about experimental games, like all of it happens when you know that the people are there, and that's why Steam became so important for for PC gaming because it was like, all right, here is beyond all the publishers here is a place in which gaming can be purchased like this is now this new uh this this clearinghouse for which it happens and so independent games since right. it was independent friendly it was like cool now indie games this is the one place where you can be like oh i played this cool game working i get it i don't even have to ask you i'm going to steam right i'll, I'll buy it there uh uh and now and if you have like, 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 I, get, I get angry when I have to buy anything, any game that's not on Steam. I'm just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what, what do you hate me? Why, why, why did you not put your game when, on Steam? Yeah, when it's like EA or whatever is yeah. trying to like push you to buy from to their store or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, want to do picks? Uh, yeah, I got a, uh, a sort of middling pick and, and we'll explore it a little more on Cord Killers later on. But um, uh, I shared with my, you know, my 13 year old is really into like, Hey, Dad, what is good that you know came before me? And uh, uh, we watched me. Memento, <laughs> and I was surprised. Uh, I, I I've been a big champion of Memento for a very long time. I loved it very very intensely, but this is the first time I've rewatched Memento, and I, and I truly truly felt like wow. Absent the gimmick of the out of order storytelling there's just not a lot there. And, and it, it, it does make sense that as one of the early debuts of Christopher Nolan and stuff, I mean, you know, for what it was at its time, I think it was very, very good storytelling. If you've never seen it, it's definitely worth taking a look at, but, but having seen it, I don't know, 20 so, times so, now. So, so you're saying on, on the rewatch, it, it's like, okay, I get it. But, but like putting together the story, even knowing the conceit, you were like, boring uh yes like on and, and on his 20th watch he got bored is yeah. how the canonical text will go with so there we well, go and we, also you probably write a story like that to be a little simpler to be grasped because because you because experience it's so it backwards to, and, yeah. exactly exactly because, because yeah. every 10 minutes or so you need to like relive the entire movie or the entire plot <laughs> so you can see where you're coming so there we from. go right. Tra memento trail rated for 20 viewings yeah, yes exactly <laughs> 
there's on uh, Wikipedia, you can actually see the graph that shows you what the actual sequence is for the story, which is kind of very fascinating because it is uh, shockingly simplistic once you have all the pieces. <laughs> well, there. yes, but yeah, it's, but like the story starts in the middle. I mean, it's just just the fascinating kind of like, you know, where it actually does start and whatnot. And I did not I didn't pick up any of that my first time through. Right. Know, and I just thought it was this sort of. Uh, I, I hear I hear what you're saying. I have to go back and watch it to see it again. And I think Nolan and then stuff he's done with his brother too, Jonathan, they've done amazing stuff. Like I rewatched Citizen Kane and I watched some stuff that went around about it at the same time. And it's fascinating because Citizen Kane came out, it got heavily criticized because of the flashbacks. Because that was kind of a not a thing that was really done very much. And it was just like people like, ah, it's this flashback, this narrative structure, like, ah, it's ridiculous. And then it just kind of changed filmmaking for all time. And I think that since Nolan really sometimes his use of that sort of structure kind of, I go, eh, but, you know, he is, he is, he is amazing at it. And I still, my favorite for rewatchability is the prestige. Yes, in the hundred percent because it's just uh, uh, yeah, and and I suppose may, maybe that's the unfair comparison is I had already shared the prestige with the kids and they had uh, and and you know I now granted I've seen the prestige I don't know maybe five or six times compared to the twenty times for Memento so I can't tell how much of it is me you know getting bored or whatever um, uh, but 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 I do know that rewatching the prestige. De it definitely held up in a way that Memento is beginning to not hold up for me. Mm. Oh, yeah, what do you know? It, the magicians love the prestige. Right. I can't oh. wait until <laughs> Christopher right. Nolan makes a movie about a blogger turned political commentator. <laughs> what's, yes, that's true. Now, what's cool about it, and, and the thing I tell people like with prestige is that, and, and if you put the effort into prestige, then I think you, you'll appreciate like Tenet is that prestige changes three times. This yeah. first viewing, you watch the character between the two characters. Second viewing, you realize there's another character you had no idea that was in front of you the whole time. Third time, you realize there's a hundred characters. <laughs> there's a person every time you meet them, they're different, yeah. and you don't realize that. And that, that was just, I love that, because I'm like, I enjoyed it. And then I went back, I'm like, oh. And yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Third time, I'm like, oh. And, and, and like, uh, this is usually among magicians put down as a negative mark on the prestige, which is the fact that he just made up the idea of the three acts of a, any good magic trick, uh, which was not a thing in the magic world, uh, uh, whatever the intro, the something, the prestige or whatever, or the turn. Uh, but uh, uh, to me, I'm just like, wait, so you developed your own uh, in-world magic system <laughs> about storytelling. Uh, pretty dope, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, mostly because it's more I, thought than most magicians have put through <laughs> plot and story structure. And I, I like Tenant. Like Brian, did you see Tenant yet? No, uh, I think I will though. I uh, the the reaction to, to Tenant was kind of um, there was like a backsplash at the beginning, but but mm -hmm. over the last few months, I've noticed that people have warmed to it generally. So I want to wade into it, not expecting it to be anything other than. The match, you know, uh, 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 the the clever artistic trick. That, I, I that, was, that it has I was, going. I was colder on it than I thought I would be. Oh, uh, after after How many? Uh, overtime. I only saw it once, so I haven't seen uh, it. That's your mistake. Right. It, that's you. It is you. It this is. Let me show. It didn't. It didn't entice me to watch it more than once. That's fine. Uh, that's yeah. valid. And I, I would say that 
my thing with Tenet is you watch Tenet, then you watch the effing behind the scenes, then you watch it again because there are there are narratives in there that you don't realize until after you watch it. Then you got to go back and go, oh, this is this person's storyline. Yeah, because things are told backwards. And I would say that I mean you're very perceptive of picking stuff up. Whatever I, I I was just like I first time through I had I had a very cold like I don't know how I feel about this. Watched behind scenes, got I then like oh. This isn't even blue screen. The technical part of it was amazing. But then I went back in the story part of it and I'm like, oh, the Neil character, this is what his journey is. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I, I think it, it wasn't that, for lack of it being a technical marvel, which it clearly is, uh, I think it might be kind of a meta Nolan fatigue in terms of the, the, the grandiosity of the vision getting in the way of me caring about the characters and the storyline and stuff well, like would- that. That's why I say on the the second viewing, if that's when if you nail go into a couple of the different character points of view, and I would say I would argue that it's his most human and most personal film. You just have to think of it through in reverse. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, I uh, think that that in and of itself as like it's like it's like okay, like um, uh, uh, I don't know, making yeah, uh, it, it 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 felt. It, like it it's was a, very, a movie work. you had to come to, and uh, uh, you know Agreed. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll I'll I'll, I'll pick up I, on it. I don't disagree with anybody who's like add it like it. It's too much. It's I have to, to have to take that much work to get it. It's not. For, I get that. I I won't go. Oh, you're wrong. You 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 know you mongoloid. No, I I I totally agree that like if it, for me I'm such a Nol- I'm a hyper Nolan fan. I'm yeah. like I try to make Interstellar work. I I like two thirds of it, but the rest of it I don't think the premise stuff. I'm I get eh a lot. I like a lot eh. Tenet was a one like, oh, no, this works. Like, Dunkirk, I enjoy. Tenet, I just do yeah. the roof for. Well, Dunkirk's a little bit more straight ahead. Uh, the, but I don't like it as much as Tenet. Yeah. The, Sorry. I, 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 it's so bizarre being the one who hasn't seen the movie but has heard it described a lot. Or have you already seen the movie Maybe and you forgot it? it? I don't know. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> uh, but, but, but it's almost as though um, – uh, like uh, The Big Lebowski is one of those movies where it gets better once you don't have to try to pay attention to the plot and could just soak in the characters, you know? Uh, and it, Or likewise, it almost sounds like um, it's a puzzle box where it's like the puzzle box is more rewarding once you know how to solve it because then you get to appreciate the craft that went into... I, Tenet, Tenet very much to me was, was, was a puzzle box. And by the time that I got to the end of it, I was like, all right, I know I probably need to unbutton a few more buttons and shake a few more knobs or whatever. Uh, uh, but where I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think we've already gone over it. Yeah, I, I, I will offline when we're not it's too spoiler here. I'll be happy to tell you like a couple things on the second watch to look at. To sort yeah. of, and I don't mean technical. I mean like story. Story wise. Yeah. Yeah. I also this is yeah. irrational. I it bothered me that the main character was named protagonist. Like it, it, yeah. it just it name him Doug. Just give me. Uh, like, I I was, what, was that I, his name or did he just not have a spoken name he didn't have a name he didn't have a name yes in the in the subtitles they call him they protagonist, call him protagonist. I guess. Uh, and there's a but there's a reason when you watch it there's a reason for okay. it's a reason guys yeah. why do you have to ruin everything justin uh uh well and, and by the way uh in uh neil stevenson's breakout book snow crash the hero is literally named he- h-i-r-o hero protagonist yeah. and uh it, like I, i'm cool. already inoculated cool. against cool. that bug. Oh. yeah that's cool oh is that is that 
is that the one that was based on Ready Player One? Oh, all right. Hey. Hey. All right. All right. All right. We're working stiff tonight. All right. Memento. <laughs> Wrapping it up. <laughs> Snow Crash is amazing. There's like you could tell you could tell what epoch somebody's from by like, oh, it's just like the metaverse, or it's just like <laughs> yeah. the oasis. Yes. Uh, all right. Just because you mentioned Snow Crash and somebody got into a pissy fight about it, I'm going to say Party Down Ooh. is my pick. Apropos of nothing other than I just thought of it. Uh, Party Down. What a, a, I think at this point, kind of forgotten, amazing, amazing comedy. Uh, insane cast uh, uh, with a lot of people that have gone on to do just insanely talented stuff. Uh, uh, but one of the the funniest back and forths is the the nerd character. It's all a bunch of caterers in Los Angeles with a bunch of celebrity cameos. But uh, uh, the the nerd uh, uh, caterer getting into an argument about how he only likes hard sci fi and and justifying it to people that clearly don't care is is something that is <laughs> I, amazing. My most awkward celebrity encounter was I went into an In and Out Burger and there was the cast sitting there at a table and they looked tired like yeah. they've been on set all day like they're all just oh i'm like oh you guys i love your show it's really good they're like oh mm. cool thank you my god like, oh, so great it's really cool just wanted to like oh thank you go the hell away yeah i'm like i'm like thinking like not like a lot of people are really shouting up and down about your show right now folks let's be honest okay you know <laughs> like but. yeah doesn't change how tired we are right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, party down. I don't know where it is right now, but I think I'm, it's Hulu. I think it's on Hulu. Is it on Hulu? Hulu uh, well, well, well worth a watch. And it's only two seasons. So go, go check that out. It was one of those shows that was like a holding pen for all these actors before they went it to go break out and other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was the next show after uh, Veronica Mars for, for that showrunner uh and and so there's a lot of veronica mars uh, alumni that are, are 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 on through it but yeah adam scott and uh lizzie kaplan are are the kind of two romantic leads uh uh but just insanely funny and ken marino who is from the state and and immediately somebody that i always i always love but uh, uh another great comedic showcase for him and martin star of course yeah uh, i've got a pick um uh I, so I, I did a I did a stream over the weekend called the Video Rodeo where I have people send in videos and we watch videos, and uh, uh, I found what is like the perfect little nature documentary on on YouTube. It's only the first part's only six minutes. There are a few different a few different like updates and stuff, but um, it's from this this channel called Hummingbird Spot. And it's about it's about this hummingbird who like uh, 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 laid a couple of eggs and was was uh, you know roosting on them in this nest that that uh, the hummingbird made on these uh, Christmas lights and uh, just the the storytelling and the the way it's put together is is really great you 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 kind of watch the the baby the baby hummingbirds get hatched and um, there are a couple of other update videos where there's some conflict about what happens with the baby birds as they grow up. But uh, I was, I was taken away at like how like really, really cool it was to watch. Uh, so I'll have the link in the show notes, but uh, uh, hummingbird spot. It was, a, was a surprise to me to, to find just, well, just good storytelling. Even if you've got, you know, surveillance footage. 
I want Werner Herzog narration now. <laughs> As you can see, there's like a, somebody did an AI clone of his voice too. <laughs> um, but uh, we can, I mean, we can listen to a little bit. And, the, and they use they use music and and all this good footage. For, is it a VO thing? Yeah, there there he is. Um, Oh wow! It's like like we a like a librarian from my elementary school. <laughs> this is the best. All right, like we have, we have a cute limit. <laughs> okay. on the, yeah, yeah. yeah unless you're about to show snakes or spiders. <laughs> so that's my pick, Andrew. Uh, my pick one is Justin to watch Inception again. Uh, <laughs> Second pick. Oh, I'll is... watch Inception again because I liked Inception the first time I watched it. It's, it's uh, sorry. Tenet. And then go watch Tenet and see the connective <laughs> tissue between the and two. And once you're fully warmed up, then. <laughs> Just once you give you the easy the easy thing to watch, then try go to big boy school and watch Tenet. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. I know. Uh, so, I, uh, man, when they announced this thing, I'm like, cool. Can't wait for Teacup the movie. Um, Jungle Cruise. Okay. Oh, I heard it was good. I, I I also have heard it was good. Well, I hate to tell you this, but you heard right. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fun. It was just. Uh, it's I, don't go expect. Remember, it's called Jungle Cruise. It's based on the ride. Just expect that. I'm I, I'm I'm expecting a bunch of dad jokes, cheesy puns, and Jumanji backgrounds. First five minutes. Yes. First five minutes. <laughs> yes. He, Yes, he, I'm going to spoil for you. He is the captain of this, and you get the dumb jokes yes! from the Jungle Cruise. Perfect, I'm in. You know, I, and they I, land like dad jokes. I think that's just the the strength. Those two leads. I, I almost really wish. Uh, I mean, obviously, among the tragedies of the pandemic, this ranks you know in 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 the bottom thousand. But like, uh, uh, the that this movie was delayed for so long that it was hyped and then and then put on ice and then hyped again and and is in amongst these uh, uh Disney Plus releases that are like hybrid and stuff like that. We obviously are still in a in a holding pattern when it comes to movies, but like it 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 felt like Disney had a lot of faith in it. Uh, uh and and I don't blame them just based on those two leads. Emily Blunt and The Rock are like just consistent overachievers. Like give them good material and they will will elevate it, give them above average material, they will make it really memorable. Yeah, there's uh you'll hear comparisons made to pirates, but I'm like, no, it's it's kind of the mummy, very much to the brother yeah. sister element and all that. But it's fine. It's it's totally fine. And and Jack Whitehall's great. He's very not much in the trailer, not that isn't in the trailer that much, but he's he's great. He's really good in it. So it was just a really great cast. Really, it just again, if you want a simple family movie, very crowd pleaser. So yeah, don't don't expect like. Don't expect big. Oh my God! Was I mean just like oh, I just want to have I want to watch a movie based on a theme park ride that's not called Pirates of the Caribbean. It's yeah. literally about a jungle cruise. How just much lore did they there. put into it? Because that was like a thing where I think uh, the, the, the Pirates <laughs> franchise wound up ODing on on the the the, the weird lore that they wrote. Like, oh, where how, it's like like uh, well, we have to have a scene where the dog has the keys and they're trying to get the keys. No, from the no, dog, no, 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 not, not not the callbacks, but like the like oh, there's the black pearl and you need to get the mirror oh, into God. the cave because when the cave's in the mirror, then the then the skeletons turn to ice. Also, like, we have a theory uh, about the afterlife. Yeah. 
Yeah. A lot of lore. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's but it's, it's fun. It's worthwhile. It's fun. It, yeah, it's it's and also like if you've ever if you have a checklist for everything that's on the ride, if you play jungle jungle cruise bingo, they get to everything. You you're gonna cover that board. Right. You are gonna right. even, even smaller stuff, you're gonna cover it, which is right I think down the fun to the of cannibals. It. Yes. Okay. All right. But handled in a 20, 20, 19, 20, whatever the other yeah. big way. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. 21st everything. century yeah, everything. Got it. Think of think of uh Fine Young Man three. Okay. All right. Got it. Mandarin, okay. Got it. You know, got yeah. it. I see. All right. So yeah, no, it's again, it's minor, but yeah, yeah. 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 It's been weird. The Pit Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>